The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics. Every once in a while, we like to step back and pull something from a friend of Medjugorje, either a talk that he gave to the community or an encounter that he has with pilgrims. And today we wanted to play for you an encounter uh, with a friend of Medjugorje that he had with pilgrims, a Caritas pilgrimage group, in April of this year. And they're always challenging uh, these encounters that a friend of Medjugorje has with pilgrims, taking Medjugorje and bringing it back to their homes. When he went to Medjugorje for the very first time, he brought Medjugorje back to his home when so many people were saying, I feel called to live here, I want to stay here in Medjugorje. He was thinking the opposite, I don't want to stay here, I want to bring this back and make my home this place. And so that's what has birthed Caritas, and for those of you that have been here and all the many apparitions that we have had here with Our Lady through Maria, uh, all of those things are a result of him taking the message, him taking Medjugorje and bringing it back to his home. And so these encounters that he has with pilgrims are always a challenge to go deeper into the message, to go deeper into living the message, understanding who is Our Lady and what is Medjugorje, your role in it, and its importance in the world, and your response to 
that important event that is happening in the world. And so this is a friend of Medjugorje in April of this year speaking to a Caritas pilgrimage group. One thing that's beautiful about Medjugorje is you meet people from all over the world. We have, it always amazes me how many people come up out of the blue, you, you know, just say, well, we listen to your radio. Somebody said, one of the travelers said today to me, Kim, it says, your shows, you know, we live by them. The programs that we put out on Radio Wave. And so you don't know where you're reaching people, but it's amazing how far this plan is. But it also shows a picture of why our lady's here. Because uh, Anne was just saying many of the Catholics are going to be in Pentecostal. And so they're going from a higher truth to a lower truth. It's not that they don't have truth. It's not that Pentecostals don't go to heaven, but they don't have the Eucharist. And so we went down through the 60s. God is dead. They were used to hang plaques, you know, through the streets of America, all the hippies and everything. God is dead because there was no supernatural. I mean, it was, we were, remember we went from, after World War II, we just declined, declined, less, less church, less adoration. It was bizarre to think that the Virgin Mary would be here. I would have it. So God is dead, and they were saying that because in the culture it was. Even though we still were praying in school, we still did things, prayer was taken out since 1963. But at the same time, we're on a decline. And then our lady changed that moment. There's a singular moment that the direction of the world was changed. The precise second was at 640, June 24th, 1981. At that moment, at that very moment, the world changed direction. Not completely, but you had the current going this way and the wave and the culture going. You had a little bitty, tiny, strong little boat that our lady took with the six, schooled them for three years, then started speaking to the parish Thursday messages on every Thursday. And then June 25th, 1987, started the monthly messages to the world. So she started with just six children, got their lives turned around, Piqued the interest of the villagers, gave them messages for their formation, and then through that she said, I, I want to establish through the messages a river of love that flow out to the whole world. And the whole world did come. Maria had several years ago a group of men who came on the airplanes here barefooted. The calluses on their feet were that thick. They came from the brush of Australia. And they're Aborigines. Wow. And just a few years before that, they were eating people. They were cannibals. Wow. And so they come right out of the brush of Australia. And so these primitive people were here to love Our Lady. They fell in love with her. And it's really an amazing thing. And one of them told her when he hugged her, it's customary to smell the person. So he's smelling Maria like this. He says, this is what we did just 10 years ago before we ate people. And now it's, it's a sign of fondness. They don't do that now, but still. The reach of Our Lady is incredible. I'm always amazed at how far we reach from our little spot in Alabama over the whole world. And Our Lady actually has imported the messages here, exported them to us, because our whole charisma is the message you go buy a Hallmark card, 2 or $3, we print these things to make people understand these things are mementos. You are in history today. <coughs> Eternity. Because this message today will save souls in the future and preserve them through the time of the Antichrist. We're under the Antichrist system now, but at least here to break it. And we're the example today of the way we live, of how we broke away from what Satan has us now 
And those in the future will have a witness how to do that. Be it 100 years from now, 200 years, 300 years from now, we don't know. One thing for sure is whatever breaks down and what's tore down will rebuild back itself because man never lets go of his technology what he learned. We may go back to the agrarian way of life for a while, but it was within 65, maybe 85 years after knowing the flood before man started becoming wicked again. It don't last long. Our Lady's given three secrets. The first, for the purpose, is to show a final result that these apparitions were real to call the whole world to it. And to her words. There's a short interval after that one. There'll be a second secret. There'll be a short interval after that. What happened after 9-11? Everybody was singing Kumbaya. The Democrats, the Republicans, all peoples were together in church that night. Within a month, they started a little bit of separation. Within a year, they're fighting back again. Democrats against the Republicans, this person, this group, this group, we're fractured. That's what's going to happen with the secrets. We're all going to be together. Wow. But human nature, even if you see in the Mother of God, takes over. For Maria, you don't see her like you saw today, Mariana, after this apparition. Because her apparitions are infrequent. Maria has, for 35 years, seen Our Lady every day and sometimes twice a day. That was in the beginning. Twice a day don't happen. Our Lady has come to our place and actually given us several times different trips where she appeared two times in one day, which is a tremendous gift for us. And also connotates the importance of what she wanted to establish. She helped us to be where we are today because she knew we would speak. We have a spirit of freedom. You're not going to stop us. Vatican, don't tell us we can't do this. Unless you condemn us, then you've got a legal right to do it because then we have to be obedient. We're obedient to the church. We're very strong. We will not defy the authority of the church. But the church itself has to legalize its authority. And that would be through condemnation. Private revelations, which these are, cannot be stopped. And don't let nobody tell you that, even be they a priest or a bishop, they cannot do it. And so I'm saying this for your own strength. They can tell you, stop inside my church, but you can go back on the streets. And we operate out from underneath that. We have a good relationship with our bishop. We put our mission, which is multi-million dollar operation, printing presses, 65,000 square feet, uh, 12 supporting buildings, a whole 60 group of 60 people who are CPAs, Jerusalem College graduate, all their degrees. We put our lives on this. We're not just going to walk away from it because somebody don't like what we do in the church. We don't care. My children, listen to me. The church, if it approves Medjugorje, says, you don't have to believe in it. We've approved it. It's only worthy of belief. You don't have to have that for salvation. That's true in the past. But the church and the world and the technology and the things that's happening in the culture today, we are in serious risk of salvation. The whole world is. That's so already proves this. That goes direct in conflict to what those who say, well, I don't need Medjugorje. Even if the church approves it, the only statement means that once they approve it, it's not necessary to profess belief into it because it's not necessary for salvation. 
Just listen to the church. We've been listening to church since the 60s. God is dead, declining with the Eucharist, with the Mass. And then we have people going to Pentecostal, leaving the Eucharist. It's dangerous today to receive the Eucharist. Very dangerous. In the condition of the heart of many Catholics. Because they go out on Saturday night, they do their thing, and they go to the Eucharist the next morning. The whole church does. Nobody sits down. Hardly anywhere. And it's Jesus who said, if you eat, if you drink unworthily of me, you eat and you drink damnation. I don't get damnation by praying the rosary. I get damnation by being in sin and going and receiving the Eucharist. You go backwards, and that's what's been happening. With the Eucharist, we're going downhill because we're eating and drinking unworthily. We don't confess. The priest, if you went to English Mass, said something profound today. He said, the only sin that will not be forgiven is the refusal of repentance. What did our lady say? That the measure of your life be the commandments. The commandments are your life. Did you know, I think it's the book of James, if you break one commandment, you broke out ten. If you say, well, I've never killed anybody. Have you been angry with anybody? The Bible says, if you're angry with your brother, you commit murder. If you slander, you commit murder. Our Lady is bringing us to a higher elevation of understanding the commandments. So our life has to be measured by the commandments. And if I break the commandments and I run for repentance, I'm okay. I believe in the commandment. That's the measure of my life. Hey, I failed that commandment. i got to go confession. But many people today break a commandment. They don't think it's no big deal, including the Sabbath, which is the most violated commandment that exists today. And you break all ten. You're a murderer. You're a blasphemer. Everything. I didn't say that. The Bible says that. It's in scriptures. You violate one commandment, you've broken all the commandments. And so, we have this state that our measurement of our life is by the commandments. And if we recognize that, then we know when we violate it and we confess, then we're not sinning against the Holy Spirit. But if we violate commandment and say, it's no big deal, I don't think that's wrong. I don't think it's wrong to do this or do this and everything that we tolerate and even in the culture that even though we see it and we don't participate in it, that's them. No, it's a problem. And then we go to the Eucharist, we lose. But with the lady, you never lose. You can be the greatest sinner, you can be doing the most heinous things, the most horrible crimes, and you can pray the rosary and things can change for you. You can't be doing that and going to the Eucharist and things change for you. You go deeper Romans 1 speaks again, 1832. God darkened their heart. You get more darkened, you get more deeper in sin. But with the rosary, with our lady, she says, my children, listen to me. And think about this. About it's only worthy of belief. You don't have to believe in it. Then why does she say today, in your presence, praying over you these words? <coughs> My children, listen to me. I speak for your salvation. Wow. Your history. You are a part of history. Because 
All these people say, we don't need Medjugorje, we don't have to have it, it's only worthy of belief, it's not necessary for salvation. She says, listen to me, it's necessary for your salvation. I'm speaking here for your salvation. Think about that. So the first thing I want to do is strengthen you for all the resistance you'll meet back home are those in the church and the naysayers, that's for you, it's not for me. Our lady is here for everybody. And she knows the church has a problem. And she just said last month that my son's church is born in your heart. I take the church wherever I go. I am the church. You are the church. You're called to be an apostle if you accept it. And that's not figuratively. Oh, yes, we barely as apostles. It's nice to think we're a trinket or something like this. I'm her apostle. Uh -uh. No, she said literally in her message what I told y'all yesterday. You, my children, are my apostles. At the bottom of the message, our lady clearly says, pray for the shepherds who my son has chosen. They're his. She's building up an army separate from what's in the church that's timing and not feeding and not doing what they're supposed to be doing because it's necessary for the world to be saved and for salvation today. What does this make Medjugorje? A difficult thing to swallow for a lot of people, especially in the church. And I know there's good people in the Vatican who are much for this. So these things are very fundamental to understand and even know why Our Lady said today, my children, listen to me, I speak for your salvation. That if we didn't need Medjugorje, if we didn't need Our Lady coming here every day, she wouldn't be here. And the fact that she is here every day, and the fact that she's here for every 35 years, means something that God sees as a great void in the church and a great need in the whole world. So you participated in something that today's the smallest crowd I've ever seen for years. Because a lot of it, Yvonne's been stopped in the United States from going out, or people can attend the apparitions. I was with Maria in one of the apparitions this past week, in Italy at her house, me and her, by myself. I asked Maria, what did she do? She said she prayed over us. I was physically there. Exactly the way Peter, James, and John saw Jesus Christ with Moses and Elijah. In body form. Physically a resurrected body. She's already glorified. She's transfigured. And on that mountain, she says, you are on a table. Why? Because she appeared there in her body transfigured, just like she did today. She was physically present. She said last month, I'm coming to you. She's going from one place to another place. Her body is. Because she'd been two places at one time. Certainly she can. Because the visionaries know that because they have an apparition here. Marie has one in Italy. Yvonne's in America. <coughs> Things we can't understand, but one thing we do understand, that's the same apparition, which is a false nomer. That means ghost, or you can put your hand in it. The physical presence of the transfiguration every time our lady comes here. The Peter, James, and John were so excited about that they wanted to build a temple there, free booths, in honor of Elijah, Moses, and Jesus Christ. <coughs> and so you were in the presence of what, if you were with Jesus 2,000 years ago, 
that you might not have seen that if you didn't get that grace. But the exact same thing Peter, James, and John was. And unless you enter into these things, and how do you do that? By an internal gaze and by internal listening. You have to place yourself in that disposition. This is what I said yesterday our group. Get by yourself. Get in privacy. Get into your own self. Get into your own heart. Internally, and gaze upon God. And gaze upon what you couldn't see today. That, whoa, I was just at Tabor. You think our ladies told the visionaries, Ivanka, on our last apparitions, nobody in the world has received the graces you and your brothers and sisters have received. Except, she says, you were on Tabor. You are experiencing every day at the transfiguration what happened 2,000 years ago. When you start at that point, you meditate on that, you get in your prayer corner, you think, you think, whoa, this is bigger than me. And it's bigger than my capacity to understand. The more you pray, the more your capacity increases, like we talked about yesterday. You have to grow. You have to sacrifice. You have to fast. And when you do that, God will fill you up and you'll flow over. And you can't take any more than that. And so you add more prayer, more sacrifice, and you increase that volume and you become a bigger vessel. What Our Lady did in her life, in her 60 plus years of life, is what we know by tradition, <laughs> and some mystics, is that she filled her vessel and her capacity to such a magnitude that it will never run out and the graces that she dispenses. She has a bottomless chalice of graces that she can dispense through her virtue. <clears throat> we can't understand that. Her capacity was so great that nobody could exist on a human level except in heaven of what she's got to dispense to us. And she's growing more now by winning for us every day, she took all these prayers, take them back to heaven. Tomorrow she brings the intentions, and then she gathers more graces all around the world with yours and those around the world, the Aborigines in their brush, wherever they may be, people in tall skyscrapers, rich to the poorest, to the most primitive, to the most advanced civilizations. She's gathering this up. And you are important. And you have to answer to it. And there's no force. She says, I do not want you to be saints by force. And this great being that can go into the Trinity, penetrate it, where no angel, no Michael, no all the angels with the power say, we're going to write one angel to go where she go. They can't go where she goes. They don't have the power collectively. All the beings of angels, all the saints in heaven, to put on equal scale, where we all equal Mary. There's no way. So she penetrates into the Trinity to go where no being can go. The lowly creatures that she is. And she says to you in a message, I humbly and before your free will. That's responsibility. That's a grave, grave statement. If you choose to ignore what's happening especially at the responsibility of being here of what she calls you to do. And just think you can go on back to your own life as it was and not change. You're accountable to who much is given, much is expected. And so with that, and with Our Lady, 
who stands before your free will. That's a frightening message if you don't carry through everything you've been given. How do you do it? I spoke to... You spoke to me coming home from church. She asked me today what I needed to do to be happy. I said, it's very simple. It's not very complex. It's not difficult. There's no huge formula. How do you be happy? When I came to Medjugorje, I was seeking God's will. I didn't want to do my will. I argued with God. Before I go to communion mass, I remember saying, God, I don't want my will. I want your will. I know you gave me a free will, but I freely give it to you. Bind me to your will. She said, bind the name of the message. To bound to the earth, I want you to be boundlessly to God's mercy. And so I told Elizabeth, I said, all you have to do is every day wake up and seek God's will. If you're rich or you're poor, you have all the will. You have your God's will for you as an individual. And if you seek that, there's nothing you can do higher than His will. You might want to do this or make money or be a star, whatever you think you want. But if you seek God's will and do that, there's nothing greater that can give you that much consolation, no wealth, no relationship. Nothing can equal that. If you seek God's will and you do that in life, you will have the maximum happiness, the maximum consolation, the maximum self-esteem, the maximum worth, the worth to get up. And I was conveying this to her in so many words. Do God's will. That's all you have to do. Give up your will. Four hours later, our lady says this. I've seen her enter into conversations like mine Elizabeth's conversation. I desire for you to learn by internal gaze and internal listening to follow God's will. Who was inspired her question or me inspired telling her that? Both. This is how intimate our lady is. Our lady has gained efficacy, which means gaining power. Every day since June 24, 1981, she had immense power in heaven. Her power has increased every day. And every day she comes to the world, she has more power to act. She says, even when I no longer appear every day, my heart and my eyes will still be in Medjugorje. The Virgin Mary has been given a new efficacy, a new power that she never had before to act upon the earth. And the more you walk toward God's will, the more she will be active in your life in a miraculous way. And that was a friend of Medjugorje speaking to the BVM Caritas Pilgrimage Group. There is still availability for our pilgrimages for the remainder of the year 2016. Of course, a lot of those seats go very quickly. And a friend of Medjugorje is going to be there this coming June. And so that pilgrimage is nearing capacity, but there are some places still left on that pilgrimage group. And you can contact BVM Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000. But take what you've learned in the course of this encounter and challenge yourself to bring Medjugorje wherever it is that you are to take it not only to your home, but bring it to your workplace, bring it to those around you, bring it to the whole world through your witness, through your example, through your living of the messages. And on behalf of a friend of Medjugorje, Caritas of Birmingham, the community of Caritas, Medjugorje.com and Radio Wave, good day and God bless.
The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Metronomics show with a friend of Metrigoria. To order this show on CD, you can contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205 Six seven two two thousand.